Hello, good day, and welcome back to the Passionately Involved Podcast. It's me once again, Jay Dixon, of course. Who else is going to be here? So, due to the current climate of uh, the country in which I live, the United States of America, we have protests going on about police brutality. There's a huge shift in anything that I was ever used to. And I say that from just the perspective of growing up in you know, being a black male. So one of the issues that came up and comes up consistently is, of course, the way police officers engage in their jobs, the standards that they're held to and whom they answer to. Right. Of course, we all know that they have a qualified immunity. For those who don't know, qualified immunity in layman's terms says, hey, while you're on the job, while you're clocked in, while you're in this uniform, we got your back. No matter what, we're going to do the best that we can do to protect you. The unfortunate thing about that is a lot of times illicit behaviors, immoral behaviors are what's protected through qualified immunity. And a big case in point that comes up now is defunding the police, disbanding police, police reform, invoking new policies, so all these are things that are brought to the table now. I'm not going to sit here and act like a politician. I'm not going to sit here and act like I can thoroughly have an intelligent conversation with someone who is more well-learned about these matters. Now, what I do have is an opinion. This opinion comes from a person who not necessarily has endured police brutality per se in the physical sense, but two times in my life. Have I had guns pointed at me? Two times in my life, police officers pointed those guns at me. If you want a little quick filling, I'll give you a quick filling. First time I ever was engaged with the police in any sort of situation where I realized that I could lose my life, I was uh, living in the city and I was with a partner. We had just got off work. I forgot where we worked at the time. Anyway, we made a little stop. We wanted to pick something up. So, we're driving back down an area that I, I must say, it's not a great area. It's, it's known for drug activity and things of that nature. So I'm aware of where I am. So I'm coming to a red light. There's no one on the street with me. There's no one behind me. There's no one in front of me. Coming to this red light, I stop. You know, I'm just waiting. Next thing I know, I don't know where because I know I wasn't paying attention and I'm quite sure at the young age that I was, I had my music blasting. So car pulls up beside, not directly parallel to us, but just they pulled a little bit ahead in the right lane, which was a turn lane. And I'm in the lane next to them, which is uh, one of two lanes that go straight down. These cops pull up, hit the brakes. By the time I can register what's going on, before I can tell if it's jack boys, before I can tell if it's somebody trying to pull any type of move, I look over to my right and I see this uh, this white guy, goatee, low buzz cut, smaller, smaller guy. You, you can just tell from looking through the windows, right? His gun is out and trained on me. Now, mind you, I just looked. I just took a moment 
to look over at him. And he already has his gun trained on me. Now, he has his gun trained on me at my head as the driver of the car. Inside of his police car. Windows up. So he's pointing his gun at me. Once you keep, he's pointing his gun at me through his driver's side glass, through my car glass windshield at me. He then has to get out of his car. They're yelling commands, blase, blase, blah. Second time I get a gun put in my face or a gun trained on me by officers. I leave out my house. I'm walking. I'm going to the liquor store. I'm going to grab me a little drink. Uh, it's cold. I got a big old coat on. Big hefty coat. I forgot what the brand was. I know it wasn't some off brand stuff. I didn't have no money at the time. So I'm walking down the street. I'm literally on my street. All I have to do is get to the end of the block. At the stop sign, make a right. Walk to the next stop sign. Cut through the back of the shopping center. I'm at the liquor store. Before I can make it off. Before I can make it to the stop sign. I'm sorry. I see a cop car roll past me behind me. I see him bucking a U-turn at the stop sign. I'm like, oh, man, here we go with this. Because I've lived in, you know, inner cities. So I'm like, they about to mess with me for some reason. They jump out, guns are drawn. Boom. Put the guns on me. Blah, 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 blah. So anyway, those are my two situations on how I ended up with a gun in my face. Now, the point that I'm trying to get back to. So let me backtrack real quick. The point I'm getting at is the only thing that I believe that matters whatsoever in this country that we live in, where not only black people, but white people, brown people, yellow people, if they're blue or purple people or purple people eaters out there, I'm talking about you too. Because I don't try to separate humanity based upon the color of their skin or the, the language in which they speak or their countries of origin. I'm more so on some wholesome, we together type shit, right? That's what I think. Now, don't get me wrong. I love and I hate people equally. I think some of you motherfuckers are plumb stupid. I, and, and I think there's some highly intelligent people out there as well. So, I'm an equal opportunity hater and an equal opportunity lover. Let me get that out there. The only thing I think that matters in this whole how the police deal with the public is one and one thing only. And the only thing that I think that matters is what I consider to be the main ingredient of police reform. Much like law enforcement uh, polices the people, so it must be done unto law enforcement. Look at the wonderful results that they've gotten. Crime prevention and detention, collaring criminals, tracing, tracking, wiretapping, video and audio recording, the method in which they have used to make us safe has truly made us, the U.S., safer, right? I mean, it, it'd be hard to deny it. And the thing that I'm talking about, the, the way in which we are made so safe, you might have gotten it already, but if you haven't, it's surveillance. Our wonderful system of surveillance. The police are to be monitored. This is the first and most important thing. This should be done in order to change the system in which we live. The change must be implemented on a federal level and a state level, thus to provide a double layer of protection for all people. Those body cams, the ones that officers don't wear, the body cams that are 
pushed back against those body cams. One on each and every officer on duty for the complete duration of their shifts. And a fully charged, fully functioning backup cam for each officer on duty for the duration of their shift. Laws have to be put in place that at any time an officer decides to engage in any form of contact with a citizen or non-citizen. Now, let me simplify because I know a lot of people like to play with words. Any human, any animal. Why am I saying animals? Police officers have a tendency to, at times, be in someone's backyard, go into their backyard, and kill their dogs. It's a thing, if you don't know about it, YouTube is your playground. Now, this has to be full audio and 180p video, right? We need to be able to see what's going on with this. All of this information, all of the audio, all the video needs to be available upon request to defense lawyers, public defenders, news media outlets, and the family of victims or defendants in criminal cases. And this needs to be done upon the time that any investigation begins, as soon as possible. Now, I know a lot of people are tripping out on me. Relax. It's okay. You might not like what I said. But what this does is this helps with the due process. True due process. I'm talking about the real one, the one where it's not innocent until proven guilty, but it's guilty until proven innocent. I know some of this, it appears to be too much, possibly. Now, let me explain why I believe this to be the main ingredient to police reform. This is what policing does to us every single day. Every day of our lives, we're surveilled and we're monitored. Whenever you leave your house, 24 hours a day, you just don't think about it because we gave up our right to not be surveilled long ago. And that's been fine for the majority of us, to be honest. We live happily and protected this way. Most of us, anyway, feel that way. So if we can do it, why can't the police? They do it every day when they aren't on duty. The gas stations they visit, Walmarts, Wendy's, Six Flags, the community pool, at your computer, on your phone, in the furniture store, the laundromat, or the DMV. So I think you're starting to get it, right? Now I have to close that thought process and any question of why should they accept my thought process? Why should this be something that's immediately implemented? Why should this strategy and plan be put in action to affect the change? Well, I'll tell you, we the people in the majority look to the police forces for our safety, protection, and well-being. We have long viewed and look to police as deities for better and for much, much worse. Whether we want to agree with that sentiment or not, it is our truth. And with such power comes great responsibility. Responsibility is the state or fact of having duty to deal with something or having control over someone. The true leader takes responsibility for their team and helps them achieve goals. Responsibility is the state of fact or being accountable or to blame for something. The group has claimed responsibility for a string of murders. 
Responsibility is the opportunity or ability to act independently and make decisions without authorization. We would expect individuals lower down the organization to take on more responsibility. Now, I know this is not a view that everybody is going to accept, especially those who actually work in law enforcement, especially those who know a watchful eye would quickly shed light on personal beliefs and wrong steps in decision making. I say that's good. Let the bad cops feel the pressure. Let them quit, walk off, and contact the blue flu. Let them show us who they are, who they truly are, so that we can get a roundabout of how many people we need to put in place who want to believe and follow with their whole hearts the oath that they take when stepping into this duty. I've already talked about qualified immunity early on. I don't believe in it. Not for our police officers and not for many others, but for right now I'm talking about police officers. Why? Why would I say something like that? They put their lives on the line every day. They protect us. They keep us safe. They come when called. They're on our side. What do you think happens when you tell someone, hey, here's a gun, and no matter what happens, no matter what you do, we got your back. Do you not think that great benefit would attract those looking to do wrong? Those who look to hurt, steal, lie, kill, to satisfy and satiate their own unhealed pains by projecting them out into society. A society where their counterparts spend more time training in their perspective crafts to carry a stethoscope, a hot iron, a set of clippers, a butcher's knife, a blowtorch. See, it's time to stop training officers to follow rules, to obey blindly and carelessly. And it's time to start retraining and training them to respect life. Now, look, I've made my point. If you don't surveil the police, any accomplishments made through bullshit law, policies, or order sign will only put a Band-Aid on the severed leg. And I know there are a lot of nooks and crannies that I left empty in giving my opinion. Now, this is done purposefully because, as I said, I leave room for those with knowledge of how to seal in those empty spaces with expertise. Be safe. Be vigilant. Everything that happens to those with whom you may not identify could just as easily happen to you. Food for thought. I love each and every one.